Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now let's get it started. Are you kidding me? Unreal. While our HBCUs are mostly known for an academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. All right, y'all. Greetings and salutations. Another episode of Fangs Up here. And woo, we are about to get up for the Bulldogs. Uh, meaning get up and get excited for them, not get up and cheer for them. Because I cheer no darn Bulldogs this week. But going on in FAMU Athletics, we have FAMU Bowling. Got some good news going on there. Cross country's got something going on. The golf team hitting the links. The softball team got a little bit of fall ball. Volleyball is in the midst of the season and the strength and conditioning program. Got a little, got a little, got a new coach there. And of course, the football game against South Carolina State. We're going inside the den. What's the SWAC doing for the state of Florida? Like, I just kind of, I ask those questions. I look around and I notice things. And I was just wondering, like, what are they doing for Florida? So a uh, big shout out always, HBCU Digital Network. This is home. This is the home of the Fangs Up podcast. Also, shout out to the Black Techies. Their show will be going on Saturday, 6 p.m. on HBCU Digital Network, also on their Twitter page, as well as their YouTube page. And our title sponsor, Cable Busters, you can get for $35. You can get live TV, live sports on three devices. It's a great deal, y'all. I don't know what you're waiting on. Uh, but that being stated, Bowling is getting started, and they start tomorrow. The Rattler Classic is going to be in Pensacola, Florida. And you may be like, why are they playing all the way in Pensacola? That don't make any sense. Well, it's because the bread said to do so. The event was attracted to Pensacola by a grant. Uh, this is per FAMU Athletics from the Pensacola Sports Association. And you have a couple teams participating. Those are Alabama State, Florida a University, Emmanuel College, Grambling. Jackson State Southern, Texas Southern, and Tulane. So, and that kind of leads into our inside the den thing. I'm going to wait to go there later. But we're seeing how outside resources and funds are being used to draw in SWAC teams and teams that participate in the conference to kind of go outside of maybe your normal footprint. Because if you're like me, I'm from Tallahassee. I haven't been to Pensacola in probably 15, 20 years. It's a ride. But it's actually a good midway point between FAMU and a lot of the other schools in the SWAC, especially our schools out in the, well, all the schools that are west of us, but especially the schools like Alabama State, Southern, as well as the schools in Mississippi and um, just Louisiana, honestly. like It's actually a really good midpoint there between those areas. We also have the cross country going on. And last time cross country, they've been, they've been inching towards getting better. First one, we, we didn't do good. After that, we did better. But you have the FSU Cross Country Invitational. That's going to be going on tomorrow, 8 o'clock in the morning in Tallahassee at the Appalachian Regional Park. So, again, we're seeing how conferences are and teams are using events to draw in other com- companies or com- competition. I was struggling with words. But that competition is then driving revenue and helping those cities generate additional income. 
Also, you have the Georgia State Inv Invitational that took place for the golf team. Family finished in 11th. Wasn't, a, wasn't last. I think it was 11 out of like 14 teams. But in the team's competition, we finished 11. I, it was kind of hard to find some of the stats there. The best place I found it was actually, I think it was Southern Illinois, where I looked and I was researching. And I did see that they had it going on there. We do have another tournament, but that's not going to take place for a few more days. So I'll bring that one up a little bit later. Uh, now, uh, softball. Y'all see, I'm just rifling through the sports. Got some family here trying to hopefully not miss them before they leave. But again, fall ball and Gulf Coast State College doubleheader. That's going to be in Pensacola noon and 2 p.m. That is also coming up. So FAMU sports are starting to kind of come out and begin for some sports. Other sports, they're in the thick of it, like the volleyball team. Volleyball, you have the SWAC Cluster 1. That's going to be in Huntsville, October 9th through the 10th, and that's with Grambling, UAPV, and Prairie View. So some good times to be had there and some exciting things we got going on with FAMU Athletics. Like, I encourage each of you to kind of check it out. Follow online when you can, but also follow on a lot of times our sports are on ESPN three, especially the volleyball, volleyball, some occasionally baseball, depending on what we play. But those sports are a lot of times on the ESPN third party networks. And hopefully we can get some of those on HBCU digital network in the near future. But that being stated, I personally am encouraged and inspired because, man, we got a lot going on here. And uh, yeah. Needless to say, football, that's the bell cow. Check out the recruits that have been offered. We're going to get a, some updates going on that tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be a great day. We're going to try to probably push out. Fam, you offered in the past about three days, about six recruits, besides all those kids from Colquitt County. Like, that's a hotbed up there in Moultrie, not too far from the Agarama. Good things going on up there. And so, yeah. And if you are going to check out the softball team, Captain Anderson's is the spot, not going to lie. It's still open, too. I, I was surprised. Uh, but that's the spot my parents used to go to, and they took me to, and I also like it as well. So that being stated, football is the bell cow, and we are going to be going to the Garden City of Orangeburg, South Carolina. And no, supposedly the band is not going, the marching 100 supposedly not going, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be there. I did see where uh, Kofi from OG said he's going to be there. So if you see my man, Kobe's a nice dude, great guy. Uh, shot, throw a wave at him, and, you know, he's really nice guy. But how do, how do we win this game? What are some of the keys to success? First and foremost, if you caught any of the kind of post-game chatter, pre-game chatter from the coaches' interviews, FAMU needs to start fast. We have not seen 60 minutes of football from FAMU this season. We've seen 30 minutes. We send 10 minutes. We ain't seen a full 60. So we need to manufacture our own momentum, but we also need to start fast, meaning we need to score early. We scored fast last game. Then we tapered off for pretty much a half. Like family played a good 30 minutes of offense. Defense was good for about 48. Then we had about 12 minutes where we took off, but the defense was solid. Like we looked good in that last game, but we need to manufacture our own uh, momentum away from home. That's one of the things Coach Simmons stated, and it's true. Again, and the 100 is not going to be there, which he kind of hinted at. He was kind of like, yeah, is Ben going to be there? He's like, mm, kind of gave you that don't bet on it look, and yeah, they're not going to be there. So we're going to be leaning on the expertise of the upperclassmen. Musa is an upperclassman, but he's not a heavily experienced player, 
but he's pretty cool. Like, if you've seen Musa kind of out and about, stereotypical quarterback, very cool. Well, California quarterback, very cool, level-headed, friendly guy. Uh, chooses words carefully. If he goes in there and he's calculated and he takes his time, it's going to be a good day. Uh, also, though, got a couple things we're doing well. And going into this game, Famey's throwing the ball really well. Xavier Smith has been on fire. Like, he has literally been running around like his head's on fire. Last couple of the games, he's averaging a touchdown plus every game, every home game. So, I mean, and even even in Miami, he looked good in spurts. But it was it, you know, nothing about that game looked good to me after halftime. Um, but that being stated, like, the X-Man has been solid and he's been consistent. And that's something that we're going to need to continue on because – South Carolina State's corners are pretty decent. Uh, I mean, yeah, they got mollywhopped against the University of South Carolina last week, but they were supposed to. It was a short week. It was in Columbia at the State Fair. If you're not familiar, it's not because they have the fair there, but the state, the stadium that the University of South Carolina plays at is at the State Fair. Um, but they, they they held their own. And so we, we've also been playing well on defense, except for excluding the Orange Blossom Classic and parts of that Albany State game, Famous defenses look pretty solid. Um, excuse the um. In the in the Alabama A and M game at the beginning of the game, I was a little perturbed because I did not like how we. I felt like we overused the zone defense and the zone concepts, and I really seemed like it was leading to us being taken advantage of, and they were eating us up with their tight end, whereas. Looking at the Valley game, some of it's talent, but some of it was we actually schemed it up pretty well. I mean, we had one bad play. And as Coach Simmons pointed out, without that one bad play, Valley probably doesn't go over 100 yards. And on that bad play, it's due to bad eye discipline. It's not because the guys suck or they they lack the talent to be competitive because they ran a screen one play and a go route. I mean, a, a screen with one receiver and a go with the other guy. Both the guys in secondary bit on the screen, meaning – the receiver just ran past him. And by the time the, the deepest man saw him, it was too late. Uh, but Famu's defense has been pretty good and we're getting better. Like Famu's linebackers, 27 and zero, they're doing well. Isaiah Lane is getting more comfortable as the season progresses. And you can see that. And you can see where our conditioning doesn't suck. Like even down in Miami, our guys weren't, the football team wasn't getting cramped. They weren't struggling with the heat. Now, the band, that's a horse of different color. Some of the fans, like it was hot in Miami. But Coach Simmons mentioned as going pretty much, we have not had a player get a cramp. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't notice that. And I was like, you're not wrong though. I, I haven't seen a guy laying on the ground complaining about a cramp. And we're just getting into that time of the year where the weather's starting to change. And up there, the weather, it may be a little brisker. So that could be an advantage for family just because we do play in all this humidity. I haven't checked the weather forecast yet, but I'm going to irresponsibly speculate. It's going to be cooler than it is in Tallahassee and that the humidity is going to be a little bit lower. That's going to be something that's going to play to our benefit, but we just have to, as I mentioned earlier, we have to play fast and playing fast. Doesn't mean just playing fast and making mistakes. It means taking advantage of your scoring opportunities. When each drive in the first quarter, in the first half, we need to get points. Preferably touchdowns, but we need points. We need to constantly be scoring points because points create pressure. And if we can get South Carolina State down, 
14 points is going to change the way that they have to run their offense in a way that it opens it up, but it's also something they may not be as comfortable doing because that receiver they got is a monster. That that I was at number one, think he's six five. Shad, uh, yeah, yeah, dude's a beast. Like that's gonna be a problem. I'll get to that in a minute. Let's talk more good about family though. Musa, Musa's been good. Like he's getting more comfortable with the offense. Coach Simmons mentioned that, and they've worked to tailor the offense to his strengths. Uh, I wasn't the only one that noticed. Man, this offense looks a lot like last year. Like it seemed like we really tried to run last year's offense and then just stick Musa in it. And Coach Simmons is like, yeah, after kind of that Jackson State debacle and after the Albany State game, we really broke it down. And you can see where the offense fits Musa a lot better. Look at the pocket. The pocket is a lot clearer. It's a lot cleaner. And granted, you got a freaking freshman as your starting center, but that has not slowed down the productivity of this offense, especially within the past two or three games. I I mean, considering you have freshmen – at the center spot you have a new left guard your left tackle is a transfer from florida state and he struggled mightily when he was in the acc and you're seeing where now they're gelling they're starting to come together and man you really wish you had gotten this earlier but at the same point you're 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 where you are and you can't cry and complain about it but you're coming together at a time where if you could string some wins together and jackson state does what we all think jackson state's going to do that Jackson State loss doesn't hurt as bad as it did before. Because if Jackson State is dropping 50, 60 on everybody in the swag, it it means you're, you're average. Uh, it's no nice thing to say. But if we beat the other teams in the swag, it means that, okay, we're better than our competition, excluding what is presumably the best team in the conference, who probably, if not for the money, should skip the Celebration Bowl to go to the playoffs because – They'd make a run. I, I'm not one of these people that thinks the SWAC champion, Jackson State Tigers, would win the NCAA playoffs. I don't. I do think they'd make it to the second round, though. They got talent, and Dion's got analysts, and they work together. Dion is a great figurehead. Duke can recruit his tail off. I ain't taking that from him. But as far as being, like, just that guy, mm, mm. Mm. But uh, yeah, um, no turnovers. Last two games for Musa. My table is made of particle boards, so it's made knock on wood and glue. Um, but we gotta see. Musa's got to continue to be careful with the ball again. He's getting more comfortable with the offense. I also and I asked Coach Simmons this question, and I said that because I'm petty. Um, but I noticed the pistol formation a lot more, and I remember sitting in the press box of mine and being like, why aren't we running the pistol? Why aren't we running the pistol? It would be really nice to let these running backs get a running head start to the line. And Coach Simmons was like, yeah, we're, we're probably going to run a little more pistol because, yes, um, our, our running back from Rickers, our lightning back, is supposed to come back. But right now you got a bunch of thunder back there, and you got to let thunder roll a little bit because once thunder starts rolling, it's a problem. And that allows the running backs, as Coach Simmons mentioned to get their their shoulders square and also allows them to kind of get a running head start opposed to running diagonally and we have more success running the ball out of that formation than we do out of the shotgun i don't know if you saw what uh uh kofi and i didn't gave kofi two two uh tokens today i'm I'm gonna hit him in the group chat uh but 
they they posted a link talking about the use of the I formation and why it's important and how it benefits different teams and how the defensive analysts were there. Uh, Swagoo, big Swagoo was like, yeah, out of the I formation, I can't really tell what you're doing as much. And so did Ryan Clark. Shout out to Ryan Clark, you know, the Southern Jaguar that visited FAMU for homecoming last year. I'm not going to lie. I like Ryan Clark. I'm a fan. Um, but he, he even pointed out, like, when you're running the shotgun, it's it's a lot easier. Like, when you're constantly running your offense out of the shotgun, it's it's child's play. We understand. We get a lot more cues, and it limits your offense, opposed to where you get under center, there's so many things you can do. When you run the play action, we can't see the ball. And we see it with Musa. Musa runs that play action blind. He completely turns his back, and thank God the offensive line is protecting him. But he completely turns his back resets his feet and he throws it and it's a thing of beauty that kid that kid can throw the rock um but that's something else we are doing well uh some we're working on they are working on compliance uh got a couple guys waiting on some waivers so yeah yeah now what is south carolina state gonna offer us y'all and i know i'm moving a little quick i'm gonna take a break before we go inside the den told you i got family downstairs waiting on i don't get to see all my family all the time it's my wife's side of family too I like my my in-laws. But South Carolina State has multiple players in the NFL right now. That's something they do well. They have the most players out of any HBCU that are in the NFL. Kudos to them. And it's because they're running the program really well. And y'all got to forgive me. I know trying to grow it out. I will let my brother-in-law cut it, but he's on vacation. Um, But this is also South Carolina State's first home game. Expect a decent crowd. I mean – they're going to bring a decent crowd. I mean, now they know the band's not coming. Some people may stay home. I know how y'all, how your, how your kin folks is. But this is also a critical game for both schools, but especially FAMU, uh, because if we win this game and we can continue to toe the line and win throughout the season, it does help your postseason bid. Do I think you get it? No. Do I think it helps it? Heck yeah. And if Musa's lighting it up, Musa's the guy you want on TV. I'm sorry. Musa, Xavier Smith, Isaiah Land, Gentle Hunt, freaking our linebacker, Cyrus Fagan, and yeah, yeah, Major, Isaiah Major. You want those guys on TV. You want their attention. You want those guys because they're exciting. They make plays. And yeah, you want those guys. I'm just, I'm going to keep it there. Uh, other thing though, South Carolina State has tall receivers. And I asked the question, I was like, coach, what do we do about this jump ball offense? He's like, you just got to match that up. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, I mean, these guys, some of these guys got heart, but they're giving up seven to 10 inches. Some of them, like you got five, 11, five, five, nine going against six, five. Like, yeah, you're almost a foot shorter. I, I understand the feeling. I, I, I get it. Um, But you got to have a plan to combat the size of South Carolina state's receivers, because we do know they're going to run the ball. Their quarterback's not very accurate. Like he's not. But what he can do is throw the ball in a radius of that receiver and that let that man play, go get it, Roy. <laughs> and you may not understand that inside joke between a friend and I, but all that is is just throw, just throw it up and let somebody tall go get it. Many of our DBs have struggled with jump balls. We saw that in the Jackson State game. Some of what happened was that, and they got our DBs on island, threw a jump ball, and we just got overmatched. And we may have to d- double davis i may have called him griffin i'm sorry my bad 
We may have to double him. That's number one, the six five receiver, the dude that was just go watch the celebration bowl again. He was killing Jackson State. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I think I think that's gonna be the keys to the game. Um, the big thing is so we all know Buddy Pew gonna do what Buddy Pew does. Buddy Pew likes to run the ball. That he's got tall receivers so that he can utilize his quarterback, and he's a great developer of talent. And he's gonna do his best to overcome the lack of that his players may have. And with that, you lack an accurate quarterback. But what you have is tall receivers, 6'5", 6'3", 6'2", and you're going against a lot of 5'10", 5'11", DBs. So before I had this game at 28-17, I'm going to ride with that. Y'all know at this point, I'm kind of riding with my scores. 28-17 was the score I I had before the season started, and it's the score I'm going to keep because – I think South Carolina State is going to slow the ball game, slow the ball game down. There we go. I almost mixed my words. And I just wrote with it. I also think that South Carolina State's defense is better than we think they are. I don't think enough people are really looking at that defense. A lot of us are looking at the offense, but man, South Carolina State to me has a very decent defense. I'll go past decent. I think they're good. And I feel like FAMU's got a little more speed. But talk about somebody that does the most with local talent. Buddy Pugh's that guy. Like, I, I just – I can't think of somebody that does more with guys that are almost exclusively from South Carolina. Like, look at his skill positions. I think he has one guy from Florida and that guy's from Coco. Almost everybody else is from South Carolina. Like, talk about regionally recruiting your area and maximizing and developing that talent. Buddy Pugh's that guy, and he's doing it. Now, beyond that, I feel like – uh, I feel like we're going to miss the band. I'm, so I'm going to keep it at that 28-17 because I think we're going to really run the ball. I felt like going into the season, we'd run the ball better, but I feel like we're really going to start to lean on that. And once we get a little lead, I think we get a little bit of Buddy Pugh get back. So that's where I got with this one, 28-17, FAMU. I may have given a different score in the chat on ONG, don't check me, but I got 28-17. That's the score I'm riding with. I think FAMU comes away from the Garden City with a victory and uh that's where i'm at with that now i'm gonna take a 30 second break we go inside the den and my question is what is the swack what a swack event is coming to florida like what's the swack giving to florida because you got fam you got cookman we ought to get something here in florida this is fame yeah baby you know what time it is now let's get it started While our HBCUs are mostly known for an academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. All right, I'm going to ask the question. What what have you done for me lately? Dun, 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 dun. That way I ain't got to pay no royalties. Um, but what is the swag giving to the state of Florida? Because when I look at other conferences, I see how you blessing the others. Swag, why aren't you blessing us? Um, because there are no major tournaments in the state of Florida. And I say that as a person who lives in Central Florida now, but I'm from Tallahassee. Like, I, I have it on my shirt two times because my parents went to FAMU, both of them. But uh, I went to FAMU. My daughter's mother went to FAMU. I, I'm a legacy. Uh, but what is 
Florida getting from the SWAC. If you notice, most of the tournaments in the SWAC are either in Alabama or Texas. That's important because in the state of Texas, you have two major schools, Texas Southern, Prairie View, and you have you have a rich history there. Alabama, two major schools, centrally located. Okay. But what does the SWAT give it to the state of Florida? Like, do you count the FAMU relays as an event? Do we have any major golf tournaments that are here in the state of Florida? Because other conferences are doing that. And like here in Orlando, we have a world-class golf, not golf, but we have world-class golf courses, uh, Shingle Creek, places like that. But you have world-class tennis center that just opened up in Lake Nona that I don't think anybody's using for a golf, for a tennis tournament. That'd be a great way for you to get your tennis programs into a place that is full of talent and that would make it very easy for those schools to recruit. But other conferences seem to have events at host cities that are conference tournaments. Now, the ACC, not quite. I don't know what's wrong with Tallahassee. The biggest thing we have is the FSU relays. But the FSU relays are huge. I don't don't know if you've ever seen it, but especially if you're downtown, just take a day and just watch. And you'll see a lot of the businesses get a lot of benefit because the students will go to all the different businesses because – a lot of the schools from the ACC come to the FSU relays. A lot of schools from around the nation, and especially around the South, I should say, come to the FSU relays. And it, it actually brings in a good amount of money at a time of year when ain't nothing going on in Tallahassee except for legislative session, which brings in a lot of money. But it gives a nice little boost to the businesses downtown. Now, you do have these other conferences. And again, I see how you getting blessed. Why can't we get blessed like that? It's kind of my question. The American Athletic Conference, the American Athletic Conference currently, in this day last year, having both UCF and USF, they have three conference tournaments in the state of Florida. You have the baseball championship, that's in Clearwater. You have the men's golf tournament in Bel Air. And you have the women's golf tournament in Brooksville, right outside of Tampa. So you're seeing where you have two major schools in the conference, a major recruiting area, and you purposely have conference tournaments in that state, that's revenue. And that helps when you want to go to the bargaining table with those different states. That gives you a little leverage because you're probably bringing some millions of dollars in. It may be a couple hundred thousand dollars. But if you bring a hundred thousand dollars to Brooksville, it's a lot more than a lot of other people. Respectfully. FAMU's got a whole agricultural site in Brooksville. And a lot of y'all didn't know it until I said it. We just got it too, like three, four years ago. Like that's huge economic impact for those schools, even if it is a hundred thousand dollars, hundred and fifty thousand. We also have the Atlantic Sun, that is where UNF, Florida Gulf Coast, I think Jacksonville University as well as too. The baseball tournament was in Fort Myers this past year. We'll see. Um, about this current year. The men's track tournament in Jacksonville. So you're seeing where the tournament's not just in the state but it's in the host cities. I'm going to give you another one. Conference USA. Conference USA, that's FIU and FAU. The golf tournament is in Palm Beach Gardens, literally right next to FAU. Conference tournament. So 
every school from the conference that qualifies is sending representatives. How about the Southeastern Conference? Okay, cool. Now, granted, the SEC doesn't really go to Gainesville for anything that I was able to see, but the SEC soccer tournament is in Pensacola, just like the FAMU bowling tournament is. You also have the Pepsi Florida Relays and the Tom Jones Memorial that also happened in Gainesville, but those are more like a football, basketball game, but they're major tournaments. My question is, what can we get from the SWAC in Florida? Because, yes, I do understand you get really good deals from the city of Birmingham, from the state of Alabama. But if you're going to have teams this far east and you're going to look to continue to potentially expand into other states like Georgia, it's you're going to have to have that competition with other conferences that are saying, well, if you come to our conference, we have an event in your state that's going to bring revenue to your university. We may even have events on site at your university. I'm not saying that the FAMU track is ready for that. It's not. It's, it's, it's definitely not. But the Lawson Center, the Lawson Center is a decent venue. It's a nice venue, actually. It, it's not that old. Alabama a just built a new arena. So we have like new facilities and new edifices that could definitely host conference tournaments, especially for historically black college and universities. Because let's keep it a buck. We're not bringing 70, 80,000 people to a lot of these events. I mean, you're not. The event goes for a few days and things like that. So I'm just saying for me, I feel like we could be getting a little more from the swag than what we're getting as far as in the state of Florida and stuff like that. So, yeah, y'all. I, I mean, I know that's kind of a little bit of a Debbie Downer note, but that's my question. What are we getting from the SWAC and what are we going to get from them going forward? I, that's just a question I have because I've seen where other conferences are using this to put money back into the coffers of their schools. If you have a tournament in Jackson, Mississippi, that puts money into the local Jackson economy, whether they got water or not. You had the SWAC championship there. I bet they'd like for you to have it there again. I mean, I'm just saying, I think sometimes we're not utilizing our resources as properly as well as we could. And we should definitely look at being better stewards of what we have as a conference and as a people and as a university. But I start to kind of wonder when we go to talk to those politicians, what are we going to get from them? So um, I'm going to leave it there and I'm going to get ready for the South Carolina State game, y'all. I will see y'all at halftime, after halftime, the South Carolina State game. We will see. It may not be, depending on how long the Black Techies run, uh, we may have to alter our time because uh, we don't want to overshoot them or try to, like, do anything, like, mean or anything with the um, with the with the feed. But we are definitely going to be going on at halftime and post game. After the South Carolina State game, I'm not traveling to Orangeburg. The next game you will see me at will probably be homecoming. Uh, you might see me in Jacksonville next week. I ain't going to lie. I'm trying, I'm trying to sneak up there. And I'll, I'll probably wear a Florida State shirt. I'm not wearing no freaking Cookman stuff, but I'll wear a Florida State thing. So that's, it's garnet and gold. That's close to maroon and yellow that you're going to get me to, to go to. But, ah, man, that's the show, y'all, man. Um, quick recap, though. Tried to keep it a little short. Like I said, I got family downstairs. Hopefully they ain't left me yet. But family bowling.
first classic, it's in Pensacola and the city of Pensacola, the they use resource money to be able to lure that conference to that uh, in that event to the city. Let's hope for more of that. We also have cross country is going to be going tomorrow morning at the FSU cross country invitational golf tournament. They placed 11th. We got another one coming up soon though. Softball, fall ball's kicking in and we're playing community colleges. This one is going to be in Panama city. It's going to be a double header noon and 2 PM after the game. Feel free to go over to pier park, have some fun. No, they're not paying me. I dated somebody from Panama City once a once a once a once a while ago. Um, also, volleyball, volleyball. You got the SWAT cluster going on. That's the ninth through the tenth. And football. We are going to be playing South Carolina State in the Garden City. And my question is, what is the SWAC giving to FAMU and really the state of Florida? Because I see how other conferences are being blessed. I want to be blessed in the same manner. So that being stated, y'all, we're gonna cut the short show here as always. Big shout out to HBCU Digital Network. Thank y'all for sponsoring and hosting us. Uh, my co-conspirators, the Black Techies, thank y'all. And their show, 6 o'clock on Saturday. Check them out. And lastly, Cable Busters, $35. Get you live sports and live TV on up to three devices. As always, y'all, this is going to be fangs up. Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now let's get it started. While our HBCUs are mostly known for an academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. Does he have it? Yes, he does!